Welcome, everybody, to SoManyShows.com. This is Tracy, and I have Carter here with me. Uh, normally, it's Tracy and Tamish talking about The Walking Dead, uh, but Tamish couldn't make it tonight, so we have Carter joining us. And I think we can um, look forward to some interesting discussion about the first half of Season 10 of The Walking Dead, and uh, specifically, um, in more detail, the mid-season finale, which is titled The World Before. So let's, um, Carter, let's start out just talking about some highlights from 10A, um, some things that just kind of stood out to you in general. Does anything come to mind? Um, I really enjoyed um, the Negan and Beta interactions. I thought mm-hmm. those scenes were just really well done and entertaining and I'm usually not a fan of episodes that focus on, like, one group or one person, like, a lot of the time. But I did enjoy those episodes with Negan and Beta, and especially the scene of him coming to Alpha and kneeling. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. I wish that we had seen more of them the last episodes, but... Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. <clears throat> Looking forward to it for next half. Well, backing backing up just a little bit, one of the highlights for me, and I, I imagine for you as well, is um, that we got to see the premiere episode of season 10 a couple weeks early out in LA before the talking dead. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Uh, anything particular about watching the talking dead in studio that you wanted to share? Anything that surprised you or you particularly liked? I remember the room seemed bigger than it looks on television. The set to the stage. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, I would have to agree with that too. And the angle of where we look at uh, Chris Hardwick Mm -hmm. was different. To me, um, it's like it's turned differently on the on the TV. And I had heard that the studio audience area was pretty small. Did, was it smaller than you thought it would be? Yeah, I think they all were. The, all the shows he went to in L.A. during our visit, they were smaller than I thought they'd be. Yeah. I'm just glad I didn't really know what to expect. But, yeah. um, and then we didn't have the stadium seating in The Talking Dead. We were just literally behind people. Yeah. We had to kind of move and try to look between people, but it was still really cool. Yeah, of course, it's hard to complain about it. Oh, yeah. No no, no complaints. Uh, it was a long process, waiting in line, waiting to get in, turning your phones over, then another waiting area, but it was all uh, really exciting um, and a lot of fun. I, I, I also, it was fun seeing how they pick the person to do the question, because um, after we watched the episode, we could all ask a question to um, one of the folks that works on the show, um, for the Talking Dead, and you would ask your question, and he might be like, "Hmm, that's interesting. Hold on to that." But then sometimes he would say, "Okay, you go to the go to the back of the room," and they ended up choosing from the people in the back of the room, and then they sit up front, which I'm kind of glad that my question didn't get chosen because then we wouldn't have been able to sit together. But it, I mean, it, it would have been cool to sit up front um, where they are when you ask the question. But I thought it was kind of fun when they bring the person up; they actually do a little bit of hair and makeup. On mm-hmm. that person, I thought it would just be, you know, them plucked out of the audience. Um, I mean, planned, but I didn't know that they would add those Watch little them do the makeup on the actual. Oh yeah, in between. All yeah. The breaks. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just a lot more involved than we necessarily think uh, watching it. But yeah, there were so many guests that night. It was it was pretty cool. So if you ever have a chance to do that, um, I think we would definitely recommend it. Um, another thing that kind of stood out to me for this season is, on the one hand, I enjoyed seeing all the communities really established, like they'd, they'd made progress um, and advances. You know, they could 
you know, I don't know that they had electricity, but whatever, they had power um, by different ways with the windmill and so forth. Um, and just, you know, they had food and in a way they were thriving. But on the other hand, on the other hand, all the paranoia that was being created with the whispers, um, it, you know, it put a dent in that progress. So it's like, oh, they're established, they're doing great. But they were almost like chipping away at them little by little. And they were, you know, breaking down a little bit. So that kind of stood out to me as well. Uh, anything else from you in general before we move on? Um, I think that's in mind right now. Okay. But, All right. Um, I'm sure what we'll talk about later. All right. Well, let's uh, let's each name two of our favorite characters in this season. Um, you want to go first? I think you can go ahead. All right. First one, I'm going to say Rosita. Um, she had a lot more story um, this first half of the season and I, I liked the combination of her still being tough like she's always been very tough but it seemed even more real this time because she had that added vulnerability of being a mom and caring for Coco so she has to be she is tough and she has to be tough for her and it's just another layer to her and it just sort of amped up um, her portrayal of that you know fighter in her um, so I thought she had some great material. I mean, especially in the mid-season finale uh, between her and Dante. We can get more into that later. But um, I, I like just seeing that little bit different side of her and seeing that vulnerability with the toughness. So, um, what's one for you? Um, one um, I would say would be Gamma, or as we know her now, Mary. Okay. Um, obviously on the bad side of the, you know, the show, but um. I think she's looking to become more of a good guy, you could say. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's been cool how they've shown the effects of just the evil of Alpha mm-hmm. on her own group and not just the people she's trying. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. You know? Like, yeah. Shows how even though she's trying to hurt the Alexandria and Hilltop, like the people that are actually in her group are being severely hurt and mentally harmed, whether they know it or not. Yeah, physically, emotionally, and, yeah, some of them don't seem to be aware, but then when you have that, even that little bit of awareness, it sort of grows, and it just, you know, it just emphasizes how Alpha is trying to control everyone, whether it's her, quote, enemies or her followers. Um, It's all about the, the control. And I think how even though, like, Negan and the governor were still harsh towards their people sometimes, like, I feel like people in Alpha's group, the Whispers, they don't really even understand how they're being hurt. Like right. they see right. Alpha as their savior, and mm-hmm. like they, they need to protect her, but they don't realize how she's really hurting them. Mm-hmm. And that's you know part of that is why she, probably why she's so adamant about them not seeing any other kind of lifestyle. You know, I think Negan and the Governor had established fear, which helped them keep power, and Alpha has. Mm-hmm that fear also, but I don't think people always know that it's necessarily fear. Mm -hmm. They think it's them just, you know, on their their own free will. Yeah. Yeah, Choosing to to do that. Well, speaking of Alpha, that would be my, my second um, character and just that she's so, just so creepola. Um, And, and without the mask, it's interesting to me that to me, she's almost scarier without her mask. You know, the, 
the the Walker masks, you know, are not attractive. I haven't seen it with her on very often. Not right? very often, no. We usually see her without, but just the dirt makeup mm-hmm. and the bald head and her expression, Samantha Morton, the way she moves, almost like cat-like or something, um, you know, like an animal, and just her facial expressions. Um, she just really, it just really makes a creepy impression. And then, of course, with all the things she's doing and situations she's setting up. But, um, yeah, I just, I like the the way they have the, you know, the dirt makeup on her and just her little, sometimes like in this episode when she sees Carol start to follow her and she does that little bit of smile, it's not a big smile, but it's just enough to know that, ah, my plan's working. It's just, she says so much on her face and she just really puts out this aura of creepiness and fear for sure. So who's your second one? How are we going to go with Gabriel? Okay. Because I think he's been through a lot of, you know, changes in his character this half. Mm-hmm. Um, all I can think about during the scene from killing Dante was how, like, how much I get aggravated with him in the past for, like, not wanting to stand up for himself. He was very weak and, you know, I think you could say cowardly mm-hmm. when he first started in the show. I think it just shows how far he's come. Yeah. Do you think he's, <laughs> this is a good point for him, though, or has he gone too far? I mean, obviously, you know, it's hard to say that what he did wasn't maybe a little too far. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could have gotten the job done with a few less stabs. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think that he, I think he just, he, it all came out at once. I think. Yeah. Like all this built up pressure, yeah. this whole entire conflict. He's been trying to keep everyone mm-hmm. Alexandria calm, the people there are getting paranoid. Mm-hmm. I mean, as we know now, Dante, you know, added to that paranoia trying to build that up. But, mm-hmm. um. They were working so hard to keep everyone calm when Michelle was gone, people were out. You know, yeah. He was always in the community trying to keep everyone calm that wasn't outside, seeing everything happen. That's true. He was inside the walls a lot. So I feel yeah. like he just was like, this is, he just lost it. I mean, because it impacted him directly, finally, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, we thought that Rosita was kind of losing it, you know, and, and he wasn't really listening to her. But he was really, that was him really losing it, too. He, you know, on the couch there, he couldn't uh, deal with his doubts about how he let him in and everything. So what would you say in general? Did the mid-season finale meet your expectations in general, and why or why not? Um, Well, I would say overall I might have expected a little bit more, uh, mostly like in the like in the Negan part of the story, I mm-hmm. thought we'd see something with that happen, mm-hmm. something big happen there, some payoff from all that build up. Sure. Which we didn't, and that's fine. Um, that's just something I thought would happen. But overall, I mean, I think I did expect, expect more overall from the episode, but I think it was, I think it had a lot of really good moments, kind of in a muddled episode, maybe. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I was definitely, I thought it was good. It wasn't my favorite mid-season finale, and and some of the things I struggled with, I think, were part of it was maybe my own fault. Um, I mean, they released so much footage before the actual episode. I think if I had not seen that um, conversation at the beginning with Alpha and Dante, that would have been um, that just added so much to the to the story and it answered a lot of questions. But seeing it beforehand kind of took one of the coolest moments out of the episode because you've already seen it. Um, so that you know, there were a few trailers released for the episode, and I I think maybe they released a little too much. But on the other hand, the episode uh, seven 
was one of the the best episodes in a long time and really had me you know wondering after the episode what was going to happen how did all this happen how did Dante get there you know it had me really thinking more about The Walking Dead than I had in a long time um, so in that respect it reminded me a little bit about um, the second half of last season when the episode before mm-hmm. the finale was so momentous and that big event with the, you know, with the pikes and just creepy, creepy alpha going through the air that that was just such a pivotal episode. And then the next one, you know, the actual finale, I mean, it was interesting, but you almost felt like they should have been swapped. And I kind of felt this way a little bit. I mean, they couldn't have been swapped because we needed to to see who Dante was, but just the order of it, I was just so impacted by episode seven, that I think it was hard for episode eight to compete with that. Um, the other thing, well, I think that is like a common trend in shows. Yeah, like sometimes like their penultimate episode, sometimes sure. it's a big thing or a big death, big mm-hmm. event, big okay. battle. Then the finale times is kind of a time to recuperate or, mm-hmm. which you know, may, might not be your favorite. Maybe you like it better. The finale is the big bang and. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, you know, I guess Game the Walking Dead's not the only one. A lot of yeah. Having a big death or big battle before the finale and. Okay. Um. Homeland and Showtime is that sometimes. Okay, okay. But I think it's a common for a show to have a lot of stuff happen in their last two. Yeah, or okay. Or in their before last. Episode. All right, fair enough. So. Um, and, and I wondered at the same time if they packed a little too much into it. I love how now, um, or lately, especially since Angela Kang came on, we, we don't have as many of those episodes, like you say, where it's focusing on just one person, that we see a lot of what's going on with everybody. And I think that's great. But in this one... <laughs> almost seemed like a little too much with all the um, stuff with Dante and Alexandria and out looking for Lydia and the herd. And then the Oceanside stuff too. It seemed a little bit forced with the Oceanside stuff, trying to get that storyline out. I mean, it was interesting and it was interesting to meet a new person and that, you know, connected with Michonne and them going out um, on the boat, which we'll talk about. But um, it, it seemed a little bit like it was inserted in there. I think my main complaint, one of them would be like the Michonne just where I was just like, we hadn't seen them since episode four, I think maybe. For a while, yeah. It's been a few episodes. Mm-hmm. And then they just kind of came in and now she's already off again. I know yeah. she's not gone forever now, but, um, you know, like I assume maybe they're, if we spent, should have spent more time with Michonne getting ready for her to apparently leave the show, according to Yeah. Everyone. So, um, I don't know. I just feel like. They just kind of, like, plopped them in. You know, it was kind of, like, where are they at? You know, it just seemed kind of random. But they could have built up to that more. Yeah. I've done it earlier and showed some more stuff with Virgil earlier in the season. Maybe a little more build-up with that And maybe had another cliffhanger with them. Yeah. That's a good point. I don't know. Well, this probably sounds a little silly, too, but I don't recall Luke actually talking to Jules once they got to Oceanside. I don't think they showed that on screen. And it was just, you know, everybody was teasing him and talking about how he wanted to see her again and cared about her. And then I don't I don't remember seeing them actually even talk um, in the episode. So I was like, okay, come on, you know. It yeah, was kind of confusing. They got there, and then all of a sudden, all there was of a the Virgil happened. Yeah. Not, there was much time to, if I remember correctly, that's what that's, happened. Yeah, so. not, not a lot of time to reconnect with everyone. Um. And then just in general, the the cliffhanger or that, you know, well, they aren't actually on a little cliff in the cave um, <laughs> with the walkers. I don't think it scared me as much as it should. Now, of course, if I was in there, I would be terrified, mortified. I would probably just 
pass out and get eaten because I have, you know, I'm fairly claustrophobic. So just being in the cave in general. So not to act like I could handle it by any means, but I guess because it's such a large group of them that went in, I just feel like, well, they're not going to get rid of all those people. So it, it kind of brings my fear down a little also, bit. I mean, it's totally fine that it is, but it's pretty much almost the exact same thing as last season's cliffhanger from the mid-season. They were stuck in the graveyard and Jesus had just oh, died. Oh, yeah, that's right. They were right. all being, like... Surrounded, yeah. yeah. And you're like, how are they going to get out of this? And then you know? the trailer for that one kind of showed them, most of them out of that situation, fine and okay. They bring Jesus' body back in the preview and stuff. So they were like, okay, they're going to get out. Yeah. And they showed them in here in the preview out of the cave, which, you know, is fine. Like, I wouldn't expect much, anything, anyone to really die necessarily. Like, I figured they would get out okay. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, you know, they'll get out probably, and there's not going to be too much fallback you know maybe they're maybe it'll surprise us but yeah um, i mean there could there was like there are seven people that went in there so i mean there could could be a casualty i guess i just don't feel like they would be all of them um so maybe i'm just being too cynical but it, it, it didn't grab me as as some of the cliffhangers that we've had but i also like there's not something that's getting me super like Stressed it didn't out. really annoy me, you know, like yeah. the vegan thing with season six, not knowing uh-huh. who died. That just kind of annoyed me. Yeah. It was just a nuisance, you know. Yeah. But this, you know, it's, it gets you excited for next the next half, I think. Yeah. Especially the preview was really good, I think. It showed a lot of stuff that... It did show fun. a lot of stuff that looks like it's going to be developed in the second half. You're right. I, I did... So I, maybe a lot more excited. actual, like, direct conflict next half. Mm-hmm. This is a lot of, like... You know, like they always, they've been saying it like kind of Cold War yeah. type conflict. Yeah, mm-hmm. But it looks a lot like more um, direct conflict next half, which I'm excited for. Which that reminds me, why haven't, I don't know why we haven't seen more about the satellite, because I don't know, it, did Eugene take any parts from it or just look at it? I feel like part of the stuff with him and the, like, the talking of the, the radio, radio. Uh-huh. I think part of that's from the satellite. I'm oh, positive, okay. Okay, sure. you're right. When he was talking to Nabila, I guess, I think, I think I see what you're saying. Okay. So yeah. I think it kind of came into play just for, to have that contact with the radio. Okay, okay. And then, did you notice that, this may just be in my head, but Virgil had an orange backpack. It looked just like the orange backpack from the guy the in Clear. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's conceivable that because they picked it up, right? They picked up the backpack. Rick well, I don't think back. it'd be the same bag. That was all the way back in Georgia. I know, but they picked it up and they came from Georgia to it went to Terminus. We saw that backpack in Terminus, and it probably traveled with them to Virginia. I mean, I know that's a stretch, and it may have just. Been, well, I don't think it's probably just a little Easter egg. Probably, yeah, yeah. It's probably I mean, just a little did, Easter egg. I did but, catch my eye. And I was like, it looked like that bag they did a lot with. Yeah. Yeah, the orange. I was thinking that was one of Michonne's like first big episodes, you know, like, that's one right. of the memorable the clear things, episode, yeah. In my opinion, at least. So, uh-huh. um, it's a little callback to her beginning. Oh yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's still that's still one of my favorite episodes of all time. But I did notice it looks familiar, but I think it's probably just a little Easter egg. But who knows? So we do apologize if you hear a dog in the background lapping up some water or barking outside. Um, we have a dog, so, you know, uh, if there's any way I can edit it out, yeah, I will, but uh, that's what's going on there, our little schnoodle dog, Bo. So, all right, well, let's, um, before we get into some of the really good feedback from some other viewers, just let's highlight some of the characters, anything that we might want to point out about them. Um, 
like what do you, anything you want to say about Dante? I mean, he's gone, but anything about that arc? I mean, and I always episode? enjoy a good villain, you know, even mm-hmm. if you don't know it the whole time. But um, I, all his scenes were good, and I had no theories about him being bad at first. I was like, you know, that's kind of how they build him up as a friend to Sadiq and help him through his struggles, you know. But, you know, it makes sense now. Yeah. He was just kind of messing with his head, I guess. I was a little... Um, or maybe he did really... I don't really understand. Maybe he did really care about him. It just doesn't make sense why he would be trying to almost get him to recognize him and then kill him. It just seemed... It just didn't make sense to me. Maybe it's not supposed to. Yeah. But him kept saying, like, kept saying, I didn't want to kill him. I cared about him. And it wasn't supposed to be that way, but then why'd you do it? Why didn't, why wouldn't you help them or turn aside if you really cared about him? I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, you cared about him after you literally just killed him and tried to. Right. I don't, I don't, I don't think that he tried to help him figure out who he was. I think it was just an accident with that, um, tick, you know, with clicking the tongue. I think that him, the the clicking thing was just something he did. Yeah. I think it's like a nervous habit, something that he can't really control. Since he got in his ear and like, did it it seem like he was trying to like trigger something? Um, I thought he was just getting closer to him, like just trying to calm him and say, you know, it's not your fault. You know how, when you're trying to Mm -hmm. help someone who's really stressed out, but I mean, that's my take on it. But, um, I, I think, I think he really did care about Sadiq. I mean, how? Okay, I take that back. How can you really say that when you're trying to hurt everybody else? How can you truly care about someone? But maybe he didn't plan to actually hurt Sadiq. enjoy someone's presence and like not want to hurt everyone. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, he kind of said that in 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 when he talked to everyone that that was not you know in his his plan. But I, what was interesting to me is how forthcoming he was with everything about his plan when they interrogated him. He didn't try to be coy or hold anything back, I don't think. Um, he just said, I felt like he was just really straightforward with what the plan was and what he was trying to do. Gave him all the intel. Something I thought was interesting with Dante was how, obviously, Sadiq was having so much trouble with what happened to him, obviously, and, like, all the flashbacks. And then Rosita, with killing the walker, she started having little, like, flashbacks and, like, almost PTSD stuff. So it's almost like... Even mm-hmm. though Dante's now gone, like what he did is still impacting. Oh yeah, It'll, yeah. Now. Mm-hmm. So yep. like all this stuff is just not right moves. Definitely the have a theme of this season was like PTSD and trauma. And yeah, lingering effects. How they deal with it. So yeah, for sure. All right. Anything you want to say about um, Carol and Daryl? Um, I mean, I enjoy. I've enjoyed the scenes they've had this season, but mm-hmm. I think. Carol's been pushing it a little bit. I mean, they've been having the same problem, I think, all season so far. As Carol goes off to something, she and Daryl have a nice talk. You think maybe they've made some amends and maybe she'll mm-hmm. try to do better next time and not be so impulsive and she does something impulsive again. Right. So it's like, why do they keep trying to, like, fix the conflict she's causing, but then she does the same thing over again. She's right. kind of, like, repetitive. And I I thought he was pretty spot on the way he told her that she never got off of that boat. Like she's just a different person. I mean, we we obviously see plenty remnants of Carol, and she's always been a little you know headstrong and independent. But she she seems more um, dangerous now with the with the mm-hmm. way she's acting and impacting others. It was always like she would put herself in danger, but it, now it seems to affect more people. And I just don't know if she has a real control of her headspace with all the, you know, she had the sleep deprivation 
and she has obviously her own PTSD with Henry being gone and the pills that she's taken. Um, and it, it, it was it also in the trailer for um, the next season, we hear Daryl saying it's got to be about not just about revenge, but about the future. And I, I definitely feel like she's in the revenge camp, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that can be dangerous when you go solidly down that path. So she just, I mean... I, I, I've always loved Carol. She's definitely one of my favorite characters, but she just seems a little bit outside herself right now. It doesn't now. help that I think Alpha knows how to use Carol yeah. against them now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I oh, first, yeah. when I first went out with Carol and she shot at Alpha, I mean, that was Alpha's first, I think, direct interaction with Carol, mm-hmm. if I'm correct. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, obviously, so. I think she might have recognized her or knew Henry was led to her somehow. Right. Maybe. But I think ever since then, I think she's realized how she can try Manipulate to get Carol, yeah, mm-hmm. and use Carol to get them into. She, she wanted to get in that cave, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I think it's obvious that that was her plan. Oh yeah, that little smile. And she knew she that had. she got Carol to see her. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So it doesn't help that Carol herself is impulsive, and Alpha's using it against her. Right. It's just it's. Yeah, she definitely sees Carol power. as a target that can benefit her agenda. But I do think Daryl has been a good friend um, and a good listener. Yeah, I think it would be a lot worse if Daryl hadn't been there. I think it would be even more severe. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, I mean, he's tried to talk her down a lot with some things that seemed really dangerous, but he's still been supportive of her, too, the whole time, you know. And I I, I think she still feels that. I don't think she's mad at Daryl. I think he's had to talk her out of some things, but and she's listened. Sometimes she's followed sometimes not but I, I i think he's still been a good friend to her okay what about ezekiel you know we got that bomb dropped about you know he looks like he has the um cancer and he hasn't told carol yet but every interaction that he's had with carol obviously has been awkward but to me i, I made a note it's almost seemed stale like not just like nervous like oh how are you well oh yeah uh, okay i mean it's just, just kind of awkward yeah, it's awkward, but it just seems really flat too. Mm-hmm. Like, like at first, there's some sense—I sense a little bit of emotion still from him, but not from Carol. And then with this conversation they had in this episode, um, neither one of them seemed to have much emotion into it. Like, almost like they felt like they had to talk to each other and had to say words of support. But um, it just—it like I said—it seemed very stale to me. Um, but. And it's still hard for me to see them like that because they, you know, he he very much gave her a new outlook on life and now she's been pushed back, you know, on this other side. But I, I certainly understand, you know, her reasoning and things and her feelings. But, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely awkward. Um, what about um, Gamma slash Mary? We talked some about her before. I mean, I think she's been a really interesting addition mm-hmm. to the uh, to the cast, and we're definitely seeing that vulnerability and that human side. You talked about how she really was an, a way to show that the people within Alpha's group are still very vulnerable to the idea of humanity, and you know, it may take something to jolt them out of it. Um, like just, when she saw Lydia. Like showing how Alpha reeled her in. Yeah, and, yeah. And now she's now she's realizing how Alpha's really evil. Mm-hmm. 
do you think that um, Mary told um, Aaron the truth? Do you think the horde really was there when she told him it was? I think so. I don't see why she would have any reason to lie to him at that yeah, point. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I believed her. Because that has to be her lowest point. Yeah, exactly. Like, so what, what would it, would it gain her to right. do that unless somehow she's faking it all and working with Alpha mm-hmm. and was to get them over in that area towards the cave? Mm-hmm. But all that just seems like a stretch because we know that she thought Lydia was dead. Yeah. And Alpha didn't plan that, so, like, why would they be working together to right. them? I mean, it doesn't make sense. Okay, what about um, what about Virgil, this new character? Any thoughts on him? Um, Honestly, not too much, because I feel like it was, they could have done maybe a better job introducing him, like, earlier, mm-hmm. and building that up a little more. Yeah. But I'm sure it'll be interesting in the future, in the mm-hmm. next half. I thought I mean, he... I'm excited to see what happens with it. Yeah, yeah. But, um... It's always all that has moved so quickly. It was kind of hard for me to focus on all the details. Yeah, you almost had to step back and like, what just happened here? But it's always interesting to see new communities or new worlds or whatever. So just, I, I just like that image of them going out on the boat. It's just a really cool aerial image of like, hmm, what's out there? You know. I mean, I would but, think this has something to do with Michonne's exit. Yeah. But um. Well, do you think you can trust Virgil? Do you think he's being straight with her at this point? You know, you never know. Some of the things he's done have been, you know, kind of sketchy, you know, just mm-hmm. walking around, not being direct and kind of being sneaky. Right. He didn't come up and just ask for help. He tried to. But yeah. um, I don't know. I think um, the whole thing was just interesting. But um, I think there would be especially room for concern, knowing Michonne with last season on the her being kidnapped and Judith being kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all that. Her concern and paranoia. So I mean, she's putting a lot of trust in him to go out on the boat, even alone with him. He could just, you know. But I think they are really all that desperate at this point. Yeah. About Sadiq, I think, has shocked all of them, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I think she was like, okay, like, this has gotten really bad, and all of a sudden this happened. It's just some hope that they can have now. Do you think this is the pretty much her exit? Do you think we're going to see Michonne again? I mean, she was in the. I don't know if she'll end up coming back or if okay i'm on i'm not sure how it's going to happen okay I, mean, I would think that it'd be similar to rick's and that okay she's not going to die I don't right think. i don't think so either i don't but, think we're um, going to see that happen do you think we're going to see this island this bloodsworth island that he says he lives on or do you think they're going to be gone and that we're never going to follow up with that in this season 10 do you think we're going to see that island no i'm not i'm not sure i think there to be some resolution with that whole storyline if that if it involved Michonne's exit, but he, he that they have to come back somehow with the weapons or mm-hmm. something has happened there. It can't just go away, I don't think, unless there's plans for Michonne to leave and come back later. But I mean, I don't know what they're. I just remember when we we met Georgie, and then we heard mention of her several times, but we never saw her again. Yeah, seen her or, since season eight. Is that what it was? Yeah, I, I think. think so. So, you know, I, that's just sort of in my mind. Like, so I wonder if they're just building all these little plots to build, to have a story for the post whispers storyline. Mm-hmm. Setting up some other things to come. Yeah. So, well, anybody else on our list of characters from this episode that you want to say anything about? I've enjoyed all the Connie Daryl stuff. Mm-hmm. All those things have been good. Um, obviously, Magma's been kind of impulsive also with Carol. Mm-hmm. So I'm almost kind of, I guess they don't live in the same place. But uh, it'd be 
it would make sense for them to somewhat to team up somehow mm-hmm. since yeah. they're both they tend to be very impulsive and want something to be done and want to take action so yeah maybe that's something that'll happen but i'm most surprised that hasn't happened so far because mm-hmm. they've showed them both being so passionate about doing something about this issue yeah it's funny if we sat down and looked at all the cast of characters it would be interesting to see how many haven't actually intersected really yet mm-hmm. um or at least not to to much of a degree. All right, well, we got some feedback um, from some other viewers, what they thought about the episode. So let's start out with Ken from Chicago. He always has a lot to say, um, and I like his input. Uh, His first comment, Gabriel has changed. He says, doctors need bodyguards. Judith means it. Don't move. Carol and Ezekiel are really messed up. And he says, Carol and Daryl are, quote, just friends. Hashtag, sure they are. Wink. Uh, so what about those statements? I think we agree Gabriel has has changed. It's mm-hmm. a major evolution. Yeah, I mentioned that earlier. Yeah. All I think about during that scene was how much I would get angry with him in the past and him just not wanting to fight back and have that scene where he killed that savior that first time in the evasion of the, and they invaded the, um, just like their hideout. Their oh, yeah. Or whatever. yeah. Mm-hmm. And how he finally, like, he fought back and defended someone and himself and how, like, that was so exciting. Mm-hmm. And now... How this is seasons later, but he still hasn't had a lot of scenes where he's been like directly fighting a lot. He's been, right. I think, more of a quieter presence in the mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. This was very um, more of a leader planning, kind of on the council, things like mm-hmm. that. So. This was a very big, violent, almost outburst, you could say. Mm-hmm. And I think just that was shocking. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Well, he says doctors need bodyguards, and he he may being you know kind of funny about that, but. It's something to consider that they should probably have more of a some amped up protection. I mean, they're just not, you know, on every corner. And uh, one turned out to be a whisperer, and then Sadiq's gone. I don't, I'm not sure who we have at the hilltop right now. I don't but, even know who the doctors are now. Yeah, I don't know. You know, we lost Enid. I mean, it's just maybe maybe there's something actually to consider there that uh, we need to protect them. A little bit more. Um, when he says Judith means it, don't move. What do you think about Judith and her assertiveness? And like she's precocious, but to me, not really in a bad way. Like she's she's more grown up than other kids her age, but it doesn't really annoy me like it would with some kids. Um, I mean, I just I kind of what comes to my mind is that Michonne has raised her really well. She's just a capable, confident, smart, thoughtful girl beyond her years but um she plays it so well and it, it even though it's it's just it'd be hard to really imagine a what she 10 or something like that someone really like that but i believe it on the screen with judith i mean i think she's able to grow up in a time of relative peace as far as we know like mm-hmm. really grow up in a time there wasn't a lot of conflict mm-hmm. i think that's probably helped you know she can use the skills she's developed now in the conflict that's right. growing but she wasn't growing up in like a big period or time of war, you know. Yeah, and she, she had, had a training. Almost out of for what, as far as you can get in that. In the world apocalypse. Now. Yeah, yeah, she had training all along. Uh, yeah, so to build up to when it was needed, but yeah, she probably did have time to. And I think Michelle has learn. been able to raise her really well, and like she knows what to look out for. I think she's been through a lot, Michonne. So I think she just knows how to teach someone to survive. Mm-hmm. There's been enough time where they know the things to teach, the things to pass on. I mean, she's very reasonable, you know, 
And I think someone that it's worth listening to. But like when she says don't move, you would, I, won't, I wouldn't cross her either. She's, you know. Like she said, like, was she like a demon with a sword? Or, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah. But I think I think she's a good little actress, too. So it doesn't come mm-hmm. off as annoying. Yeah. You know, it's. I'm a big fan. You can tell she's, you know, playing her age, mm-hmm. but it's not like she's trying to be like extra cutesy. It's just. I think she does it very plays the part very well. Yeah, I agree. And um I always enjoy her scenes. You know, it's Me too. Things remind me of Rick and Carl sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, yep. I think it's supposed to. Yeah. It's supposed to be you know, we lost them but yeah, this is kind of the payoff. Yeah. Which wasn't in the comics like that, you know. So I think it's their way of knowing like we know we know these characters are gone, but here's this new embodiment of some of their yeah, things. So he says, Carol and Daryl are, quote, just friends, hashtag sure they are. Um, One thing that this made me, uh, that I thought about in watching the episode, you know, I just think, okay, I do. I get, for a few seasons, I'm like, okay, they're just friends. It's not going to be anything more than that. But then there are these little moments that you you start to question. It's like I never really know for sure. And I did think about when they talked in this episode and then they have kind of a long hug I was like, oh, what if Connie walks up and sees Daryl having this long embrace with Carol, you know? And it just got me thinking again, you know, what's what with that? So do you, do you have a take on it? Are they just I mean, friends? I think they genuinely are just really, really close friends. And they've been through all these years together. They've mm-hmm. been through, like, all their major, like, just events in their life and the apocalypse together. Yeah. I think they just... To me, they're family. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're friends, but to me, they're family. And then... Like, seeing them together it would just be kind of weird to me, I feel at like. At this point. And okay. it would seem unnecessary, in my opinion. Okay. Like, if you were to get with Connie and mm-hmm. start a relationship there, I think that would be okay. But I also just don't necessarily see Daryl dating anyone. Yeah. I think he's just his own yeah. independent person. It's just the way he is. Okay. I, I mean, I'm okay again. with it if they if they do turn around and make it that way. Um, I just, it really does keep me, keep me guessing here and there. Well, he also made a few other comments. He says, new guy, enough with the whistling in unsecured areas. Wait till you get back behind city walls. So I guess we're talking about Luke there. That did annoy me a little bit when he was whistling as they're riding along in the wagon. Uh, It just, but I mean, they were all talking too, but it just seems like in general, someone could always be spying or listening from the mm-hmm. woods if you're having conversation or you remember um, what Aaron had that big, what was that thing that he could record people or what is that called? He could hear people. It was like, I'm a, not sure. I don't know what you call it either, but he had that device Back where in season five when he, yeah, found them. yeah. Yeah. They're like, you've been spying on us, you know, and um, he could hear from far away. So I'm sure someone can tell us what that's called. Uh, Carol has been hanging around Magda too much, making impulsive moves with big consequences. You alluded to that as well. Um, Aaron, Eugene, speak up about river corpses and radio contact. Thank you. Yeah, Eugene's been told he can't tell anybody about that radio contact. But I don't know. It seems kind of dangerous to keep some of that information to yourself. We haven't seen anything from that since it happened, right? No, we haven't seen them have another conversation. So, hmm. Da, da, da. All right, let's see. We also heard from at Scorpio underscore first. Okay, this was the weakest mid-season finale of The Walking Dead. The whole team seems to have lost their balls. If they would have backed Carol from the beginning, she wouldn't be chasing Alpha at first glance. I also feel like they dragged these episodes. The story hasn't advanced. Hashtag crappy. (laughs) 
Well, I don't think based on what we the conversation we've had so far tonight that we totally agree with that. But um, do you see any points here that that you kind of side with or like, oh, that's a good point, you know? I think if like sir, if they had dragged the Dante story out and he hadn't been killed, mm-hmm. that would have weakened a lot in my opinion. Yeah. I just think if they, I think they had enough in it to not have me rank it as the weakest one ever. Mm-hmm. These are the ones that have been definitely more lacking, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, I understand the people can see it as not. Yeah, the yeah. Thing. No, I, I definitely appreciate the the thoughts. And the uh, the whole team is sort of crumbling. I mean, they're just Alpha is just nicking away at them, and they're they're not thinking as straight. Carol's not thinking as straight, and everyone's not because everyone has a different take on Alpha and and the whispers and who to believe and who not to believe. Um, you know, Aaron believes Mary. Other people doubt it. You know, it's just they're all just sort of unsettled and all these nuances. So, I mean, there there's a lot to be said for that too. And I think Carol. Like saying how they should have backed her from the beginning, I think, I think Carol feels like that she's kind of on her own with this. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she has to do it all on her own. Mm-hmm. I think her having a little more feel like she's backed by everyone else would help. Yeah, but I still think her being impulsive and running off still isn't good. Mm-hmm. She still needs to be, be more careful and planning better and not being, not just running off and putting putting everybody else at risk. But maybe maybe people should have been listening to her support, a little bit more. She wouldn't be as... Yeah. Saying, where are you impulsive. coming from? How's it going, Carol? Just just caring for her in general. I mean, she went through this horrific thing. Everyone did, but, I mean, it was very personal for her. She lost her son. She lost her husband, essentially. You know, they broke up. You know, maybe we should have seen more people just reaching out to Carol. Now, she did sort of run away on the boat, and that she tends to do that. Mm-hmm. But if we had seen more people reaching out to her maybe it would have played out a little differently all right we've also got from at 13 fire 99 i enjoyed the carol uh carol as in carol daryl parts as well as the michonne judith bits but felt the oceanside stuff was for the most part lacking if they would have done that bit in episode six or seven they could have built better on michonne's impending exit hopefully she gets uh worthy material in the the B half, the second half of the season, which we talked about some of that as well. I, I think that those are some good points too. Mm-hmm. Um, just sort of got dropped in our laps, which sometimes that's fun to have a new situation or a new thing, but it was almost too much story, I think, to have in one episode. You know, like maybe he showed up at the end of one episode and we're like, who is this guy? And then we find out more information in another episode. Anyways, uh, we really appreciate that feedback. Some, some great points and um, it's always good to hear what everyone um, is thinking about it because we all have different opinions on a lot of different things. So are you excited about the second half? Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah. I've watched that trailer a couple times. A couple times, um, yeah. I watched it again today too, and, and you're right. It really does drop in uh, some, you know, picks of potential stories that really seem new and, and uh, interesting. I think things are really going to amp up. You always, It's always this ebb and flow with The Walking Dead, you have periods where you build up, periods where you have more character-centric stuff, and then periods where you have more action, you know. So I think you're right. We probably are getting into some some big action. But I've enjoyed it a lot. I think some of the things I was really excited for maybe are coming next half. Okay. But mm-hmm. um, that I expected earlier. Yeah. But I think it's good that they 
and surprise us and don't we don't know yeah. what's coming always. So Yeah. I agree. I agree. Excited for some really hopefully some good like actual like maybe battle or like more action stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was lacking what it could have been season seven and eight. Okay. We could have had more really good action, but maybe was muddled muddled by kind of the the pacing of it. Yeah, or just yeah. those seasons weren't. I think overall weren't as weren't received as well. Yeah, but, no, um, I think that's pretty. Yeah, across the board. Looking forward to some good episodes, hopefully. Yeah, so February twenty third, I think, is the date. So it seems a little later mm-hmm. than usual. I know we got this half a little earlier. That's so true. A little later. That's a little later. Yeah. So, but I am looking forward to it. Thanks for hanging out and talking about The Walking Dead with me. And uh, we appreciate everyone listening. Again, you can find us at so many shows.com and the So Many Shows podcast feed under um, Apple Podcasts and other podcast providers. So, So Many Shows has, just as it says, so many different shows that are covered. So, you might find other um, shows um, in the podcast feed as well that you'd like um, to listen about. And we always appreciate the feedback. You can always send something on the Twitter, it's at Tamish Tracy. Um, or you can send me an email to Tracy, T-R-A-C-E-Y, at so many shows.com. So thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back with uh, thoughts on the, the mid-season premiere next year. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.